Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. This is episode nine, and today we have on the show Keith Cornies from AIM Coaching. He's going to get into everything new realtors or struggling realtors need to focus on. We're going to talk about the news and what's going on with forms, and we've got a bunch of questions from you, the audience. Let's get into it. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, episode nine. Woo-hoo! So, uh, yeah. before we get into it, just a little disclaimer. Uh, we had been working on our New West trilogy, uh, but we had lined up Keith to come in today. So the third episode, all about New West, is still coming. That will be next week. Finally, long time in the making. Yeah, getting, if you want to, if you want to go back uh, and listen to the earlier episodes, we've got episode one, which is all about the New West market. Episode two, we start breaking down the neighborhoods, and episode three, which is coming up soon, we're going to finish breaking down the neighborhood. That's, uh, that's episode part one, two, and three. Part one, two, and three. The trilogy. Yeah. We just don't want people to go listen to episode one of multiple oh, I offers. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, they can listen to episode one if they want. <laughs> yeah, but they're I'm not okay going to hear that. anything about the new West market. They're going to be like, that Jeff McLennan is a liar. <laughs> full, of, full of lies. <laughs> and since we're talking about episode one, if you go back, the audio gets a lot better, obviously, as you listen. Yeah, we were, we were uh, recording off of like wires and, yeah. <laughs> and, and tin now, cans. Now we're HD. <laughs> yeah, we, That's we're why so I waited for now. the ninth episode. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be I wanted to be represented properly. Waiting for some polish. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, yeah. So this is this is episode nine, Keith. We're going to get into who you are and what you do in the main topic, but let's just check in. How's everybody doing, Jared? What's going I'm, on? I'm doing all right. I um, well, it was Father's Day. I'm a new father. Ooh. I kind of technically had a Father's Day, but I had a Father's Day off. I saw your mug. I got a mug. Yeah, it's a, it's official, um, and just for you guys, so you know, it's that's a personal mug, not in the regular mug collection at the office that everyone can use. No shares. Um, no, it's, uh, it'll be hand washed. I've been storing my pens in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! I noticed uh, that. that was you. <laughs> yeah, the mug looked a little small for my coffee in the morning. So. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> so this is this is Keith. That's a great introduction. Um, but no, Father's Day, uh, Keith's a father. We're all fathers here. I'm a new father, but it was cool. Take a day off. Matt gave me the day off, which is really nice. Matt, my boss, next to me here. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no open house. It was a Sunday, which is like our work day. So it was our, our day off, and it was actually nice to just sort of take it, um, make some waffles and do stuff like that. Um, do you want to... I can do one quick real estate thing. Sure. Um, it's your I did time. A, I, did a t- I did a tour. <laughs> Um, and for the first time in a long time, I showed three places, not the first time for a tour in a long time, but, but the first time in a long time where I had immediately after, this was like a seven o'clock tour immediately after I had calls and texts from agents for feedback, which I just, it's been kind of uncommon lately. So it was just kind of an interesting phenomenon Mm -hmm. that these guys want feedback and they want it now. Did you like it? Uh, Please tell me you like it. Please tell me you liked it. Please tell me you like it. We're going to reduce the price. Would that interest you? I need to feed my kids. Please tell me you liked it. You're a father. (laughs) Say the word offer so I can tell all the other realtors I might have an offer coming. It's it's pending offer. Uh, But no, that's, yeah, that's me. Cool. I guess kind of in the same vein. Um, Matt didn't have a day off. Matt didn't have a day off. (laughs) (laughs) He worked Father's Day. (laughs) I worked the social media telling everybody we weren't working. 
I saw your cool. <laughs> That's um, how I knew I had a day off. I liked your little <laughs> I miss Jeremy. Oh, yeah, that post? was the day before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the sad face. <laughs> well, that's, that's the problem when you're digi marketers, and you know, when the computer goes down, you both go down. <laughs> digi Matt and Digi we Jeremy. Do anal- we do analog real estate sales, too. Okay. You guys are just such social media kings. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but with Jer talking about that tour and them getting back right away, showing a little sort of <coughs> desperation, sort of. Um, I am noticing that uh, first-time buyers are really getting stuck again, thinking that um, they don't want to pay peak prices, right? Right. The market's going to go down. I'm not competing. Yeah, so they're stalling for what I say is no good reason. I'm just noticing a lot of that, like the the entry-level products. So houses are doing good again and townhouses are doing good again. Yeah. But I'm noticing with the stuff that appeals to first-time buyers, because we have one listing that's like that, it's just frustrating because... According to the rest of the market, it's fine, but the feedback from their agents and the agents can't seem to get them over that hurdle. Maybe what they need is a little bit of coaching to help them communicate with their clients. <laughs> plug, plug. <laughs> but that's that's kind of been my what I've really noticed the past week in the market, a bit of a, a shift there where they, they always think they, they get one chance to get it right. We talked about this before on the show. Yeah. And they want to time it just right, and they're getting stuck in their own minds, hmm. thinking that it's not going to be the best deal, so they just don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Well, um, so this is kind of real estate related. First Avenue is closed in <laughs> Vancouver. Why? Construction. Um, but the number one, if you're, I know you guys don't leave New West. Mm-hmm. No. But if you're taking the number one don't. for anything, three times I've had appointments in Vancouver that took me an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes for what's normally a 40 minute were you, drive. Were you late yesterday? Um, one of the ones I was five minutes late because I knew, but the agent we were meeting called and just said, like, I can't get here. Not happening. <laughs> like, and we, we did get in. They got the sellers to come and let us in. Um, it just locks up, though. But, like, she, she called me at one point. She was on the Lionsgate Bridge. And then she called me 20 minutes later and was like, I'm still on the Lionsgate Bridge. Wow. And uh, my. My first one of the week I was late for, but then the other two yeah. I was not I a was bridge prepared. you want to be stuck on for twenty minutes. No, in, in, I was just in that. And yeah, First Avenue is not closed for a block; it's closed for miles. Yeah, yeah, miles. like they're redoing the whole the whole thing. thing. Like, but yeah. they have not doing it in sections. No, they've got to shut down the whole way, so it's a mess. Yeah, hmm. I don't know if that was Gregor's decision or Gregor's <laughs> putting a bike lane. In. Yeah, <laughs> blame Gregor. <laughs> yeah. I do like his oh, juice. Poor, poor guy. Uh, what what's going on with you, Keith? Well, uh, follow up on your Father's Day. My kids are 21 and 19, so we had Father's Day, which is great. My son bought me breakfast. It was nice seeing him pull out his debit card. Nice. Ooh, Where'd you guys go? Uh, Jiffy, Jiffy Wiffy, his favorite little cafe. What's, that? What's Jiffy Wiffy? The Jiffy Wiffy Waffle House. The Jiffy Wiffy it's plug here. It used to be called Jiffy Wiffy, right? The Waffle House. On like in, in New West? Yeah. Oh, oh, no. How does your son know about that? He's not 80. Uh, exactly, <laughs> but he loves it because he loves going there and he loves the, the coffee, the small cup. Really? Oh, that's awesome. He loves awesome. the cafe style. So it's cool. Took, so took retro. That yeah. was cool. That felt like a Kagan Cleaver kind of <laughs> throwback right there. Yeah, no kidding, eh? The Kagan Cleaver we found out recently was... yeah. I. I had no idea it used to be called the cake. Oh Cleaver. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad called it that randomly, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Well, it's funny that you bring that up because when I'm on when I'm on my speaking tours, I have to make sure I use the right analogies for the right audiences instead of what I want to do. You know, like yeah, mm-hmm. I want to throw back old TV sitcoms, or I want to go back, and people are like, "It's quiet." They're staring at me, and it's like, "Okay, 
that yeah, worked in adjust. my mind. That didn't work here. Yeah, so it was great. Father's Day was awesome. Uh, my wife and I have been doing a lot of traveling for work. Uh, real estate wise, uh, it's been heavy. You know. Yeah. Um, when you know we were talking about you know like it, like hard hard because yeah. my coaching my clients because you know change is hard enough as it is when you when you choose to change. Uh, but the truth is, is when someone hands you your change and says, do it now yeah. with very little prep work, uh, people are in hijack and, uh, everyone hates the system. Everyone's in a negative mind space. And what happens? You go to that negative survival bias and now everyone's an enemy, even coach Keith yeah, telling him to wake up and quit, you know, whining about it and let's figure out the solution. Right. Well, we didn't prep you, but that's about as good a sol- segue to get into the news as I think we're going to get. Hundred percent. You have a segue. You no, just segue. You just oh, segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in the. I don't know what, my radio talk. What a, what a pro! You might be back. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so we're not going to spend too much time on the news this episode because we've got a lot of great content to cover with Coach Keith. So talking about the news, we just want to touch on it because it is really relevant, very, very recent news about the forms that have been released. Our the reg- public is going to encounter this. Yeah, I think a lot of the public is hearing about it already. I suppose yeah. if you're engaged in real estate, and if you are, you're probably listening to I, our show. I think that depends, though, because we've had people doing open houses, and they're like, you're the first person to... Well, that's why we need to talk about this. Yeah. Is some people are implementing the new rules, some people aren't, and part of the problem, I think, is the people who are, since there aren't people doing it, people are like, well, the other agent didn't ask me to do this. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Can I plus one that a little bit? Yeah. The professionals are doing it. Yeah. And those are the people you need to work with. Thanks, coach. And <laughs> the people that aren't doing it, I, you know, also I'm a broker owner of offices. Yeah. And we've been having lots of conversation about it. And I found out that a competitor's office, which has like 300 agents, hasn't even had a meeting yet. I, I got a phone call from a very, uh, I won't use her name, but a really high producing realtor asking me about them because her office hasn't had a single word there hasn't yeah. been can you email. tell me can you tell me about them i guess we're probably driving should people we, nuts we, matt why we don't you tell back. us yeah because we our, our listeners so far haven't heard a single word <laughs> yeah okay. we we have been we've been teasing this uh throughout the series though of of this of the podcast here because we've been talking about new rules coming in and all the rest of it but the news is new forms not necessarily new rules we knew what the rules were that were coming but we didn't know how to actually engage these rules until we had the paperwork that follows. So as far as what the public's going to look for is we have a whole bunch of new forms and most of them start with the word disclosure, right? The idea is for the public, we're trying to give you a disclosure of who we're acting for, where our allegiances lie, uh, what you should expect from us, depending on how we're representing you. And the most interesting thing I'm noticing is that the education around these forms and the rules varies widely from what one agent hears to the next. Sure. Well, yeah, because the, the consumer actually triggers when the form needs to be used, right? Like as soon as they start talking personal information or as soon as they're starting asking for advice, like professional advice, professional advice by the book, you are now supposed to say, hey, you need to take a look at this before I give you my professional advice. And we're clarifying what agency law really is. 
yeah. you know, implied agency. Um, you know, if I'm talking to you about real estate and I'm giving you information that's pertinent and I'm getting information from you now that's, you know, private or pertinent to your life. Now I have information that needs to be kept secret and that's an agency relationship. I I had a guy uh, send me his personal info. Like we've been talking by email about listings, but then just all of a sudden he's like, hey, this is going really well. Here's my situation. And he just spelled everything out. Wow. And I immediately sent him the form. Yeah. And then I didn't hear back from him for two days. And I was like, oh, no, this form. But it turns out he works shift work and he got back to me. (laughs) But but, but there is this like you got lining your thinking up of like when you have to send this form is going to take a huge shift. Yes. Should we go through a scenario of, so Joe Public's listening. Sure. Um, I guess the the best one that we all kind of use, and it's kind of helped, I know it's helped me wrap my head around what initiates these and what happens. Um, so consumers going to an open house. Mm-hmm. That's probably the kind of the, one of the main examples, right? The yeah. good one to talk about when um, we have time for. So you walk into an open house, it could be, you're going to meet an agent there. Has to be an agent. Um, so you have someone who potentially is there because it's his listing, his or her listing. They're working for the seller. And the other situation is that it is uh, a colleague from that brokerage helping out. Um, so that's, I guess that's the first sort of See that, that's clarification. Just, that just got confusing, right? Because the, we're talking to what Joe you Public. Yeah. We're talking to Joe Public. Yeah. So they're getting an insight into our industry, which is Jeremy has a listing. Keith wants to pick up some buyers. So he says to Jeremy, do you mind if I hold your listing open? Jeremy says, yeah, Keith. Sure. Yeah. Right. I hold it open. And now that's what you were just saying there. So yeah. now I don't, I'm, I'm not the listing agent, but I'm at the open house and now Joe public meets me. And you're there hoping to meet a new client. That, that would be the reason you're why kind of there. If help. you, if a buyer wants yeah. to buy that house and it sells great, but your intention is, yeah, I it, am, it's a nice way to meet people is people are coming and talking to you about real estate and you might hit it off. Sure. With some people. Well, the listing realtor, Jeremy wants to expose the property yeah, as yeah. much as he can and do service to his client. Oh, I, I'm talking about when you get another agent. Oh yeah. yeah. And then so, that guy, he just, yeah. so that what's guy, their motive? Want, Why are they there? What is, what is that? What's yeah. happening? Right? Generate leads. Yeah. Yeah. So they want to meet buyers that are looking in that neighborhood. Um, yes, it's great if that place sells, but the, you know, really the main goal there. So, so, we'll call him Joe public meets that agent there. Um, say it's not the listing agent. We have to give them a form. Matt, you, it's, it's less relevant about yeah, if you're representing seller okay. or not or whatever. The that's import, not a good scenario. Yeah, yeah, okay. it, it, so it let's go through the listing the agent is there. No, it doesn't matter if it's the listing or it's what the conversation being had between. The, sure. But the public need the, the buyer needs to know what here's kind the, of conversations here's, here's I'm going to have with this premise, person. Here's the basic premise, right? All of these forms, like I said, start with the word disclosure. If you're going to go sell someone's house and you sit down with them, you said, this is a disclosure of agency, so you understand how I represent you. Same thing when a buyer walks in. What the, so our regulatory body that created this is the Real Estate Council of BC. So council says, we're concerned that when the public walks into an open house and they start talking to you, Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Jeremy, because you're a very friendly and welcoming person, we just want to share information with you. With so, a nice beard. Yeah. Very well groomed. Thank you. So they start telling you things about, hey, Jared, well, we've been living in this situation and we want to move it about this time and it's critical to us that we do this because we've got a job transfer coming up and all these things. Timing is important. And now you know things about them. You told if, me too much. If they were to make an offer and you're representing your seller, you now know too much, like you said. Okay. So they need to be warned ahead of time. Mr. Consumer walking into this open house. Essentially, we talked about this before, Miranda rights. 
right? Yeah. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against like you in that. the negotiation of this purchase. Yeah. I like that. I'm right? going to use that. And so that's, that's what the council is doing. They're trying to protect the consumer from what they don't know. They don't realize that when they walk in there and get all friendly with the agent that they actually could be hurting themselves because they also don't know that they can no longer be represented by both buy or both uh, the agent as both buyer and seller, right? So yeah. the forms go across the board for everybody to understand how they're being taken care of. So that is the news. If people have more questions the about that. Ser- the public service announcement yeah. is before you open your mouth at the open house. An agent might show you a form. That, might that's show you a form. Really- yeah, and if you're finding it confusing as a consumer out there and you're listening to our show and you have questions about this stuff, send in the questions. We'll get into it more. We'll dig into different avenues on this. Yeah, so there's probably, I'm sure there's feedback lots Feedback at com. You got awesome. it. One, one last tidy up there for the consumer who's listening to your show or if it's the realtor. We should never have had show. a broker owner on this show. <laughs> <laughs> just, section 71 says. Just to tie that up, um, it's to take care of the public to make sure that the public has all knowledge before they go into a real estate transaction. It's to protect them. Okay, so enough about that. Let's get into our main topic. Now, before we get into that, I just want to tell everybody a little bit about who Keith Cornies is. So uh, Keith was a realtor for 23 years. He now uh, is one of the owners at Remax Advantage and Remax All Points. He has been a professional real estate coach for 10 years. He has invented the Focus 203010 system. Uh, the success meeting and the realtor profit system. He has an app called Aim Real Estate Focus, which you can find on the App Store, on iTunes, and on Google Play. He speaks for top producer. He's spoken in front of crowds of 1,100 or more people. He's coached over 400 agents, and right now he is uh, one-on-one coaching uh, 40 plus top producing agents in the Lower Mainland. Woo! Hey, that sounds good. Hey, one more time. What's guy? the name of that app? The uh, app is. Aim Real Estate Focus. Keith, is that right? Yep. Aim Real Estate Focus. Aim awesome. Real yeah. Estate Focus. Okay, well, let's get into the main topic. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, Wrong. you lost Wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong you're listening to multiple offers a real estate show okay so uh keith the way this is going to go is we're going to ask you a few questions uh just talk about uh mostly how your systems work and the the focus really here is thinking about either realtors who are struggling or people who are thinking about getting into realtors or getting into realtors (laughs) people who are thinking about getting into real estate um so I thought maybe we'd just start off with why. So, I mean, a lot of people get into real estate. They think it's going to be really easy, and then and then they struggle. So why, in your opinion, do most new agents struggle? Well, you said it in the sentence. If you start out anything with the expectation of it to be easy, and it doesn't turn out, you end up being disappointed. And then every time you're disappointed, that adds up. And imagine a jar that fills up, and then what does disappointment turn into? Resentment, anger, bitterness, <coughs> Uh, you know, some people go into depression, some people get high anxiety. So the truth is, is if you actually were to start real estate today and say, this is a hard business, I need to become a business person. I need to create a business acumen, marketing, accounting, and say, okay, now it's going to be hard. And then you get your first sale and you go, wow, real estate's hard and I'm succeeding. Now you have a different jar. You fill that jar up. That jar is now celebration. You're like, yeah, you know what? Life's hard. I'm a new dad. I'm killing it. 
boom, there's a, there's another one. Real estate's hard. I got a sale. I'm that's great. You know, I need to make my first video. I don't like the way I look. I make the first video. I get used to that. Next thing you know, I've got more videos. That was hard. Hey, way to go. Boom. Now what happens is, is you actually start to build. And when that builds up, what do you think it turns into? When you have all this celebration builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up. What do you think it turns into? You aren't supposed to be asking questions yet. To us. Confidence. 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 Yeah. 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 Confidence. This isn't a coaching session for us at this point. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Actually, truth telling time, Jeremy, this yeah. is all a trick for you to get some more. Some this, is an, this, is a, this is an intervention. Yeah. yeah, yeah one yeah, thing, yeah. actually, just briefly, yeah, one thing you didn't mention in uh, all of Keith's amazing accolades is he's been kind of integral to all three of us in our careers. Um, yeah. Too, which has been huge, yeah. which has been part of why we're here doing this, why we have videos. Um, uh, it's been, yeah, been amazing. Uh, so yeah, so and um, but this aww. is not uh, this is not a coaching session. Yeah, well, I will ask a lot of questions because, as you guys know, uh, one thing we've got to say in the introduction, Jeff, is, is my philosophy is is everyone has a genius. Yep. And everyone has the ability to reach their full potential when they master their genius. I have a list of Keithisms to make sure that you talk about. So, oh, good. G- you, so we can hit? check genius <laughs> off the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when somebody starts in real estate, they have a genius, but they don't know it because they don't know what they don't know. And it's a huge, huge learning curve. So you can feel very small very quickly. So what happens when you step in and you feel very small very quickly and you think it's going to be easy and it isn't? So that's why people struggle mainly. Uh, and the other thing too is, is they get along with people real well. That's why they want to get into it. And then they realize getting along with people real well and being a salesperson is completely different. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I fell, I definitely fell into that trap as a, as a new agent like, start, like starting me. out. This is going to be great. What could possibly go wrong? This is going to be easy. Like you mentioned. Um, and never, I know real business experience, um, anything and it just sort of yeah and i was it, it became disappointing and depressing very yeah. very early very on quickly. when you realize how come these people don't like me where it's all well, my right yeah. so then, yeah good follow-up question sure. so uh i'm a new realtor i'm getting into it the first thing is to fix my mindset is what uh, i'm hearing or how i look at it i say no no, no okay no good um Pick an office that's going to support you to have a good mindset. Okay. So right? office culture is Absolutely. Would be something you would focus on. You can go on. out there on your loan, be a lone wolf. Like, yeah. you know, have you ever been self-employed before? It's very lonely. So that's the first actionable thing is, is your very first choice as a realtor is where are you going to put your license? Right. And the first thing you're going to do is make a big mistake and you're going to go to the cheapest place. One thing I think, like I, I've noticed because we get – uh, obviously all of us are at the same office. We think we're great, but I've we noticed, um, the brand new agents that come to our office versus the agents who have been at another office and then come the brand new agents often don't realize how much help they're getting versus the agents who have struggled somewhere else come here. And then they're like, Oh, this is like an entirely different world. Well, when you think about this, right? So you walk into any job in any office environment, someone's going to train you. Someone's going to be, and then you're going to ask a question. Someone's going to give you the answer, you know, and then all of a sudden you have a problem. You walk into your manager, right? You get the answer. So why is real estate any different? You should wake up, put on a nice suit, put on some nice clothes, nice dress, get to the office by eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock AM and go to work. Now the culture and environment that you're in is very lonely in real estate because, you know, if you're in an office that's competitive, they don't share ideas. Right. But if you're in an office of top producing professionals who know they're always going to have their success no matter what because of who they are they share information 
it's challenging right now too because the landscape of real estate's changed. We have e-signing. We have all these conveniences. Um, back in your day, I mean, you were practicing realtor. Was it twenty? Nineteen ninety six is when I started. Okay, so ninety four. Long time ago. Uh, <laughs> um, the Backstreet Boys were cool, but I was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, I mean you've got offices, and I know we're not here to just plug Remax. There's a lot, some amazing, oh, lots of great amazing offices. agents yeah. at all sorts of different brokerages all around there. But <laughs> you do have you know, that, that option as a new agent, what office am I going to join? And you might be inclined to join an office where there's 300 plus agents. Um, but there's nowhere for you to go and share ideas. There's nowhere for you to collaborate, to say, hey, am I doing something wrong? So you're sitting at home in the morning, you got to make a decision. Well, what time do I wake up? Well, this is my first time being my own CEO and I'm going to have all this money coming in pretty soon here. Um, there's no accountability there. Uh, so a lot of stuff that you need to know. Well, your scenario is perfect, Jeremy. Uh, I fell in. I 100% fell into that trap. One one of my favorite Keithisms is when when I was really struggling. You used to talk a lot about you need to be working while everybody else is making their toast in the morning. Yeah, and, that's a great analogy. And, and that really stuck. Like, okay, the way I'm going to get ahead is while everybody else is taking their slow morning, having their coffee, making their toast. I should be already working. Yeah. Well, think about it. You start out, you're brand new. How's your commitment? How's your discipline? How are you at being self-motivating? How are you at being accountable to yourself? Because yeah, no Account- one cares. Right. Nobody cares. You- and yeah. accountability is, can be a positive or a negative concept. I know a lot of people find accountability to be negative. You know, we run the success meetings. I've been running success meetings for five years every Monday at two offices. I do success meetings offsite at other offices. And every time I meet them, it's the same things. You know, you guys are talking about what it's like to be new in the business. So, you know, Jeremy, your comment about, you know, we're all with Remax. Yeah, that's fine. I coach realtors and other brokerages as well. Trader. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And if you're brand new, you're going to go in with this. Oh, I can't afford to go there. And the truth is, is because of the competitive industry and because of what's going on, Remax model is not what everyone thinks it is. You get what you pay for. Exactly. And... What I, you know, what I would say to somebody brand new getting into the business, you know, make sure you have a support system and money in the bank. Yeah, I would, I, I, I tell people because we run as people all the time. Like, oh, you're a realtor. Oh yeah, I'm, I was, I'm thinking about doing that. I'm probably going to do that. Go dabble a bit. Um, and you. I always, one of the things is I'm just like, I say that plug, get plugged in, but also have. Would you? What would you say? Like three months worth of three to six months worth of just personal income, just 15, to float yourself. Fifteen to twenty thousand dollars in savings that you're going to actually burn through in the first three months and have anxiety about because you're going to watch it dwindle. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Huge because people huge don't realize potentially. Even if you make a sale in your first week, you're not getting paid for two or three months. It's a ninety yeah. ninety day cycle in real estate, you know, and you're you got, probably not going to make a whole lot of sales in your first couple of weeks. Nope. No. Well, my well, it's different for me. I didn't have a sale in the first six months. And six had, months, and I had a credit card that was full. I sold my truck that I own, clear title, to buy a Grand Am that was a piece of crap. You know, I was embarrassed. I actually had to drive a client from Toronto, an executive from mm. Toronto in that car with no air conditioning and 32 degrees. <laughs> and for you people out there that are familiar, I had to take the ferry across from Langley to Maple Ridge because that was yeah. the quickest way. And mm, yeah, it was I'll a be. nightmare. It was a freaking nightmare. The thing about real estate is, is it's unforgiving. It's a business. And any business person out there that goes into real estate has success because they know about costs. 
They know about you know how to budget and those things. A lot of people think, oh, yeah, I'll just get into real estate. It'll be great. They actually do a lot of work. They go get their license, which is not easy anymore. You know, and there's an expense of getting your license and there's a process. They get that. They get in the game. And then when they interview, when, when myself or my managing broker interview people, I always say, how much money do you have saved? Well, let, hmm. let's talk can about we, doing a lot of work. Okay. Can yeah. we zero in on something? Cool. We, go ahead, Matt. We, we talked a lot about um, the stress of, of the finances of it and that how a new agent tends to count money coming in. And I find a common mistake with new agents is they'll look at the three clients that they have and they call them clients and they think it's money in the bank. Can you help our listeners, Keith, really understand how you've helped us really define a client versus other sort of definitions that we can give people we work with and how a new agent or maybe a struggling agent can be honest with themselves about who these people are and how to focus their attention in the right places? Sure. So I think one of the main key things in, and we're going to deal with a question from a a listener that that sent it in, is uh, what they have to understand is is, uh, you're going to have a lead pool and we're going to meet people and we're going to talk to people. And the truth is, this is where it gets difficult. You're really friendly and people really like you. And now you have to ask for personal information about their financing to qualify them as a buyer. But you don't want to because you don't want to upset them. So you don't. And then you drive them around and then they leave you or they write an offer and they're not qualified. And you're like, oh, okay. And then but that, you had them on the list. Oh, there they were my client. You were going to make money from them. They were my client. Now <laughs> that was my June sale. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> so we... Uh, my training is there's language is different. You're either a client who you have full approval on. So if it's a buying agent and you have approval on a client, you know who their mortgage broker is and a plug out to Stephanie cause she's awesome. And I know she was on your podcast. You call her. She you, said you're terrible. I know. <laughs> I hate that. Um, and, uh, so they, I call Steph and I don't get personal information. I just say, are they ready to go? And she says, yeah, no, I'm that's solid. I ask for loyalty. When you find your home, are you going to work with me? And if they say yes, that's done. And then I need to know their time frame. Like in what time frame are you going to buy? And they say, okay, we need to move out in 30 days because we've been given notice. That's now a client buyer. Okay. Now when they get in my car, I have that information. It's not, it's not, it's not a given, right? Because they could choose that they want to go with their cousin all of a sudden or, and this is where new realtors need to understand that you have to do everything you can to qualify someone and then you have to do everything you can to make that relationship super strong. Or you or you find out like, oh yeah, it's been great that you've been touring me, touring me for three months in your car daily, missing family dinner, all this crap. And then you're like, you oh no, I'm not waiting. I'm still waiting for grandma's inheritance that's coming in about, uh, it should be done next year or so. Like, yeah, and, and Jeremy's face is really red yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Like Jeremy's in full hijack. Okay, so Keith, explain, <laughs> I've been, I've explain been there. that. Tell us about the hijack. Um, okay, so... Did uh, we finish the, the LCCs? Leads, customers, clients? Okay, so let's, let's just break it down. Okay, okay let's remember back. to go back to the hijack. Okay, so here's, yeah. what, here's what it is. So right, it's going if, down. If Jeremy's have, face is so red. <laughs> if you have a listing signed, that's a client, obviously you're in a contract. If a buyer's in your car, some people like buyer agency contracts, that might work. You have a contract. The truth is, is we only call them clients when we have a relationship with them and we went through that qualification process. Then the next person is your customer. So this is somebody that you've talked to, you have a relationship with, you're talking back and forth. They've never been in your car and you've never met them. 
Okay. Or you might have met them. They may have been a CMA that you did, you know, a year ago. And CMA is a market evaluation. Current market it's evaluation. It's a person that answers their phone if you were to call yes. or text yeah. or email. They've responded. You, you have a relationship of some sorts, but they're not in your car. You cannot count on them. Because as soon as you count on them, you're going to then have an expectation. And as I said, when an expectation is met with disappointment, turns into resentment, turns into anger. Right? You haven't so, earned them as a client yet. Exactly. And so we call them a customer. Now, and after a customer, they become just a long-term customer. So that's somebody that you know that you've communicated with that's going to be a year, two years, three years. And so what we do is we communicate with them, you know, monthly or quarterly and then the 60 to 90 day customer we talk to every week and then the 30 day client we talk to as you know every one to two days now the reason it's important to choose different languages is because when you choose that different language and you you identify them differently you use different language in the sales process so you know you don't want to use the wrong language at the wrong time with a client you'll ruin rapport so if i was like you know doesn't matter. We won't go that far into that. So here's the thing. That's the difference between operating a lead funnel. Now, if you are in control of your lead funnel and you know exactly who is a client and exactly who is a customer, you now can predict in an unpredictable industry, right? right? Yeah. You want predictability. So we want to know that, okay, my goal is four ends in the next two months and I have two clients and three customers. That's not enough. And then we, the analogy and, of the funnel is you need, and, and this is the business side that I had no idea about, um, was that it's not that John's buying in June, you know, auntie's buying in July. So really my kids, I'm eating, we're, I've got these people. No, it's a, it's an analogy of a funnel and you can't see cause I guess, but yeah, it's an analogy. Everyone knows what a funnel is, um, that you need to be filling the, the leads. So going to your open houses and things like that, getting those people in there and it's significantly a higher number down the funnel as you go right. and and getting them getting them through because not every lead's going to become a customer not every customer is going to become a client no. and not every client is great to meet you at the mo open house not yeah. quite ready yet okay cool you, let's keep in touch and when you accept that yeah the business becomes easier and less you know harder but it's still hard but when you accept that not everybody is going to work with me that i have here right now mm-hmm. you are different you're different on your follow-up you're different on the phone calls Uh, So that's the whole thing there, getting to hijack. So this is important for people to understand, and I'm going to simplify this as best I can uh, because neuroscience or cognitive thinking is you have an emotional limbic system that is in a reactionary system for survival. And uh, if I upset you, I can insult you or punch you. It feels the same to the human being because it's in the same central part of the brain where they feel that pain. And what happens is, is as soon as somebody's in threat, they go into a reactive state and that reactive state is for survival and the body then shuts down all major organs so that it can get adrenaline to the extremities so you don't feel pain and that you have super strength. So once that's happened, the brain shuts down, that's the amygdala and the amygdala shuts it down to shunt the blood to the extremities to take adrenaline there. That's the hijack. Now, the hijack is, is it's hijacking all the blood from your brain. It releases cortisol. Cortisol takes and stops function in other parts of your brain so that you can focus on the danger at hand. And then that cortisol makes you kind of, you know, uh, focused. And then what happens is, is the adrenaline rushes. So you're in the place of surviving. If you want to be in business, you can't be in survival mode. 
But Keith, I just want to sell houses. Why do I need to know about this? <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason my coaching is successful is because of what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Jeremy, uh, I've worked with all three of you. All three of you have had great learnings and you've had the same learnings when we talk about magic pills and what you do in real estate from other coaches, which is great to be successful in business in real estate, to be successful in real estate. You are the tool that needs to be good. And if you're not doing yourself work, if you're not doing your growth and you're not aware of your genius or your flaws, then you will not succeed in a sales business that's dependent on whether or not you can do difficult things and get hard information from people, keeping them in reward and not in the hijack. So sales is all about trust and rapport. Hijack is they're out of trust and rapport. And hijack's attached to a memory. When Jeremy went all red here... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, was all, a, I'm I, sorry. I was out in the sun walking the key yesterday with oh, Matt yeah, for yeah, about sorry. two hours. So yeah, yeah. you're yeah, probably that, just that seeing a sunburn. Yeah, yeah, that that showed up as you were speaking. It, it's fluid, but yeah. it's always attached to old. <laughs> it's always attached to old stories. And you know, my sweet spot is I love the neuroscience of the brain, and I like to help people become cognitively aware and and reprogram their brain for success. That's the key to my success. Well, we're dealing with a lot of personalities in every deal, right? There's the mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. Steph is great, but there, there's a lot of times you deal with different mortgage brokers, the inspector, inspector, the other realtor, the seller, the buyer. Like, there's a lot of people that can get Moms, upset. dads. And every one of them can hijack. Yeah. And so, so could we. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the funny thing is, is the more... The- and, and that can kill the deal. The reason That's these, the problem. Yeah. <laughs> the reason these three gem- gentlemen at the table right now are successful and are doing this podcast is because they got beyond their limiting beliefs and fears and worries and concerns and they're not in hijack. The reason they're successful in business is because they are in self-improvement. The reason these guys are successful is because they understand on a deep level because I've been coaching you for five years. And what's happened is, is because I'm repetitive and I'm very determined because of my passion to change people's lives – I don't let you not change yourself and I don't make money off of it. It's not a Kool-Aid drink. It's not like, hey, Coach Keith changed my life and he gets 10% magic, magic of everything. Magic bullet. And I get 10% of everything. Boy, I should silver, have done that. Silver bullet. Magic bullet. Hey, if you yeah. imagine if you guys, I said, I'm going to get 10% of your income forever, you know, it'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, the, the coaching's okay. not going to work if you're just sitting there pandering and saying, you guys are just so great. You're doing so great. It's, you have to be challenged so, and pushed, so let's, right? So for our listeners who are hearing us talk about hijack and they're maybe thinking of being a realtor or struggling realtor and that they themselves hijack or they're dealing with a client, a buyer, a seller who hijacks, they're having a tough time communicating. What's something that you can provide as a basic starting point for these people? Because we, we've gone a long way, right? Okay. So where do they go to start to deal with this hijack situation? All right. So first of all, if you want to do some reading or education on this process, Dr. David Rock has come up. He's a neural leader and he's come up with um, for the workforce environment, how to create a rewarding environment versus a threat environment. And it's an analogy of SCARF. And uh, so what acronym acronym? Sorry. Thank you. That's awesome that you did that for me because I've been using analogy and knowing it's wrong for the last year. That's a fact, Matt. I like Matt. I like that, Matt. Thank you. So, and the other thing, all the words. Well, and the beauty is, is I can sit here and take criticism and be corrected and not go into hijack because of the work I've done because scarf wants to set in and let's just use this analogy right now with what Matt's done because it's at the table. 
So here's what the analogy, uh, anagram. No, no. So you're, now you're using the word analogy correctly, but too much. No, but, but <laughs> unless the, we're talking about a scarf. But the letters scarf are an acronym. Each letter represents a different word. Perfect. S C A R F. So the first one is status or hierarchy, or if you feel repressed. So if Matt here corrects me and I feel like he's being better than me because of my upbringing, I'm going to go into Scarf and react to him and not like him. Yeah. Who does Matt think he is? Exactly. He's yeah. younger than me. He's hijacking. His face gets so red. 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 And then, <laughs> is that what that means? <laughs> okay. So remember what I said about the hijack. It pumps blood to the extremities. So you'll see veins get larger, larger in the forehead, larger in the neck. You'll see breathing change. They'll become quicker breathing, and you'll see a flushed reaction. The way I deal with... With clients and also the way I deal with my wife <laughs> changed once you the first time you said you can physically see when this is starting like that really was a light bulb moment well and for me, for me that's what sorry uh, Rachel yeah <laughs> and, and for me Jeff when I noticed that I was going into hijack I could stop it right yeah. and that was key because I had a bad temper and I made more poison with a temper than I could by cleaning it up before doing it. Mm-hmm. The other day recently, I was in a situation where I had to bite my tongue and I was out for dinner with my wife. And I'm like, you know, I'm sick and tired of biting my tongue. Like, I need to speak. I need to be angry again because I'm built up inside and this isn't fair. I'm biting my tongue with everybody. And she goes, it takes way more strength to do that than to react. And you are a strong man. And I'm like. Thanks, babe. Oh, man, <laughs> you're right. So, well played, Chris. Right. Well <laughs> okay, so we've got status. So if your status is threatened, you might go into hijack. Then you go into C. C is for certainty, and it's not about certainty. It's about uncertainty. So if you're getting into the real estate industry and you're uncertain of your outcome, you're going to be in fear and worry, and that can have you in hijack. So when you're dealing with a client and you're driving them around and they actually want to make the purchase – but they're uncertain because they got to drop 500K, watch their face go red because it's like, oh, should we do this? Like, oh my God, this could, this is our money. This could, this could go wrong and we could lose everything. The first time buyer that Matt mentioned earlier in the episode is yeah. that's uh, what they're going well, so, through. And they're uncertain times. about the market. Uncertain. Right? And, and, yeah. 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 and I want certainty because certainty puts me in reward and I like being in reward. Yeah. So that's C for certainty. Okay. That's like caveman stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah, it, it, this is all caveman stuff. The amygdala and the limbic system is the oldest developed system in the brain. It's been around for millions and millions of years, right? So yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Okay, and, and, it, and it's Status. not going anywhere. Certainty A for autonomy, self-control, having a voice in the situation. Um, if if people don't feel like they have control. And they don't like they have a voice in the situation. They're going to go into hijack because basically they're being told what to do, which takes us back to status. This is my biggest one. Oh, I, yeah. hi- I hijack on this. Control one is the big one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is autonomy, uh, you know, the, uh, OK, so two things in my life that changed my life is I'm in acceptance of everything and I'm curious about the outcome instead of trying to control the outcome. And I own my businesses. I run successful companies because I take action that I know is going to make a difference. And I'm curious to see what it does. And then I just keep building. But if I were to predict that it's not going to work, then I don't take it and then I don't have it. So if you're brand new in the business and you want full control and you know what I'm going to do is going to get a result and then you do it and you don't get a result, Mm. what happens then? Right. What happens is, is you start getting angry and mad because you're disappointed. Meanwhile, what you need to do is take a mentor out for lunch, ask them what they do, try it and see if it works and be curious, right? So A is for autonomy. You want to have a voice or control. And if the listeners out there are in a marriage and if you talk over your spouse, 
they're not going to have autonomy. They're going to be in hijack. You might as well shut up because nobody can hear when they're in hijack. Hmm. Nobody listens. And you have to be really cool about talking about this with your spouse because <laughs> it totally doesn't help to be like, oh, you're mad at me. You're just hijacking right now you're because in, you're yeah. uncertain. And you're just and you're scarfing not, me. You're, you're feeling <laughs> status. <laughs> well, the beautiful thing about my marriage with Chris is, is she's been through the process. And because I've done all the work first, I've been my own guinea pig and I've learned these things and I've implemented them. Now in our house, we use the word hijack. Yeah. And I, it's like, I'm in hijack right now. I just need 10 seconds. And she'll say to me, like, I'm in hijack. And I'm like, good. I needed to know that. And yeah. so I don't just keep. And you deal we, with it and it doesn't come up again. We use it too. But it, at the beginning, there was a lot of, like, I'd be saying something and Rach would be like, I hear Keith talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. If, if you bring in something to the, to the wife and you say, hey, I just learned this new thing. It's called scarf and you're in hijack right now. She's going to go into hijack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's status right there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right? You're, you're I'm so status. much more enlightened than you. That's like, Ooh, I yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to that's R. It's funny because we did that in our <laughs> we session. Talked about it, we talked about it. Yeah. Okay, let's go to R. R is relational and this is very simple. You either show up as a friend or a foe in someone's life and your perception of someone's friend or foe is based on this 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 filter that we're talking about because scarf is a filter in which you view the world and that's how you have an emotional reaction and you're going to get into real estate. It's going to be your first year. You're going to have thousands, millions of emotional reactions that are going to either take you on or off the path of success. So relational is friend or foe are the people showing up in Jeremy's situation, the buyer that he'd been driving around for three months that didn't know the money was coming in and then ended up doing away. Right. Were they a friend? Should they have told him the truth right away? But no, because it's in their best interest. So sometimes they use realtors. And when we get used, right, they're not friends, they're enemies. Yeah, I thought they were a friend because they had really good jobs. Yeah. But I, I, was, I, I forgot to ask. Well, you actually believe they're a friend because they're in your car, you have coffee, you're talking to them, and you just automatically assume, you automatically assume that these people are going to be loyal to me. And then when you get hurt, they're not a friend. Last one is F for fairness. So we've got status, certainty, autonomy, relational, and fairness. This is the one that people will die and jump on a knife for. So my this best is the one my five-year-old screams about. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have two kids that don't share. You, you make one cut the cake and you make the other one choose the piece. Now it's going to be fair, right? But even if you out there don't like cake and you hate cake, and I put a cake on the table and I take and cut a small slice for you and put it on a plate and take the rest for me, even though you don't want to eat it, you're going to say, hey, that's not fair. Right. And in real estate, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not fair. It's not fair that I book a babysitter, go out, drive these people around, and then all of a sudden they look at me and they go, we've changed our mind. We're going to wait a year. That's not fair. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah. but no, I take no retainers that, in real but, estate. But I accept that risk. Yeah. So I think as a, a coach to realtors, as you try to help them build their businesses and build their their internal sort of mental uh, tools. Yeah. Uh, part of understanding scarf is so that if they themselves are hijacking or if their client is hijacking, is to understand where they fit on scarf. Does your client feel they've been treated unfairly? Yeah. Do I feel be I've been treated unfairly? So now, how do I communicate with them? And that's really what Keith provides as a coach is he helps us first identify the source of the problem, a solutions-based coach, and then we try to identify ways to communicate to get through these hurdles. And there's a lot more that goes into this, um, but for our people listening, we want to sort of move on. I've got one more important question yep. for you, Keith, but before that, uh, SCARF is something that people can read a lot about. Again, where can they learn more about this? Uh, Dr. David Rock. Uh, just type in Dr. David Rock, neural leader, 
uh, scarf and check it out. Read his stuff. It's great. Also, you can actually go. You know what? You can actually forget that. You can actually go <laughs> Here to <it> is. <laughs> Coach Keith's YouTube site. And on my YouTube site under Coach Keith, you'll find uh, I've done webinars. And in, I think in my last success meeting, four series, series one was on scarf. Okay, great. So because what I think is the the most impactful thing Keith does is he's very open to say, this isn't my idea. No. Scarf comes from... Dr. David Rock. He's an amazing guy. So look up Dr. David Rock. He's a neuroscientist. Uh, when you read his work, it's not for sales, but use a sales vision on it. That's right. And the, and the strength from Keith comes from implementation, understanding how you can bring this in and, and bring it in. So one more thing, question, question sure. for you, Keith, is a lot of our listeners uh, aren't interested in becoming realtors. Uh, they're interested in the real estate uh Transactions. They're they're likely thinking of selling. They're either in the process of selling or they're thinking of selling soon. So how can they look at something like Scarf and un- understand themselves and when they hijack and help them get into a good uh, mental state for when they're selling their home? Because as we all know, that's a very very stressful time. Can we give them a little advice to help the guide themselves through this process? Absolutely. Get out of body. You know, a lot of these people are professionals. They're CEOs. They're managers. They've got nurses. They're doctors. They're, uh, you know, when they're in their job, they're performing really, really well. They're communicating with people. They're they're learning how to do it properly. And you know, nowadays, a lot of people in their work, they actually get training on this kind of stuff, right? A lot of coaching. It's mm. it's 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 a big thing. So what I would say is is you know. Uh, try to get out of the emotional feeling of your home, which we know is impossible. That's why you hire a realtor. So what I want you to know is if you can do that and if you can, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think you can because it only took me 14 years and I still do it. So good, good luck on that. But the truth is, is I always hire professionals, accountants, lawyers. I always hire somebody that I don't have to, my emotional state of mind is solid because I hired somebody that I trust and I go on my gut instinct. And if scarf goes off in a meeting, I don't hire them. So when you're interviewing a realtor and all of a sudden you feel like your face is getting flushed and you're angry, don't hire that realtor. He's pissed you off. Now, if that realtor notices that and fixes it, hire him because he's a brilliant genius realtor. So everybody has a genius and everybody has knowledge. All you need to do is step back from it if you can and not do it emotionally. Apply some of your work skills. But truthfully, this is where I say this is the major role of a realtor is keeping you in reward during the sale of your house. Great. Awesome. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Go. Oh, hang on. We got a bumper. Check out the big brain on Brad. How's that working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so the plan here, Keith, we've got some questions from listeners. Uh, these are mostly from realtors, but not all of them. And uh, I'm just going to hit you with one. So uh, let's let's challenge you to a minute or less answers. Perfect. Uh, so first question is from Paula. Uh, she writes... Uh, she wants to know how to snap out of a slump. This is her third full year in real estate. She had amazing growth leading up to about six months ago. Uh, she's seemingly doing everything she's supposed to be doing, and yet nothing is coming together. She's doing her follow-up calls. She's regularly and systematically reaching out to her sphere of influence. Uh, she's busting her tail, and everything uh, she touched seems to turn to 
poop emoji. Um, I'm generally a positive person, and I she's keeping one foot in front of the other and doing quite well. Uh, but the grind is getting tough. What should Paula be doing? Take the same actions, change your language. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. That's the definition of insanity. Change your language. Ask for the business. You know, when you are contacting these people, set appointments. Paula, your goal now is to set two to three appointments a week. You're going to call those people. You're going to change your language and you're going to ask for the appointment. And if they say no, then you're going to find people. And what you're also going to do is you're going to book open houses. And when you meet people, you're going to ask to set an appointment for a buyer consultation. And what you're going to do is, is change your language because the language you're using right now, you're the, you're the, Okay, one minute. So you're, thir- you're three years in the business. Your excitement's gone after the first year. The second year, you get a little bit of residual. The third year, now you don't know how to run a business. So what I would say is, is go to the Realtor um, Profit System online, download my five hours of training that'll change your life, and learn what you're doing there because it's all about scarf and changing your language and actually asking for the business. And that five hours is free. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, ready for question number two? All right, so Adam Lloyd, uh, who you coached, wrote that you really helped him overcome his fear and had uh, tripled his business in three years. Uh, He wanted to say thank you for all the knowledge and guidance you gave him over the years, and I thought we would just turn this into a question. So what do you do for an agent who is experiencing fear, and what should they be doing to break through it? All right, so... Fear limits because it's it's what we call a positive feedback loop. So I'm afraid to ask for the business. Therefore, I don't ask for the business. Therefore, I don't get the business. Now the fear of not having business is fulfilled. Perfect. Positive feedback loop. You were right. <laughs> right. I was right. I failed. Okay. So, <laughs> right? So that's just really simple. But it's hard to break because you have a default brain, which is a survival brain. So if you want to break fear, then go to the opposite of fear. And everyone is tailored differently. Everyone's different. So my opposite of fear is excitement. Some people is courage. Some people is bravery. Some is flowers. Who cares? Identify your opposite of fear and set an action plan to achieve it. So my opposite of fear is excitement. So when I first started AIM coaching and I had to, I had to build a hundred, um, uh, binders and it was going to cost me $10,000. Did I want to invest the money in the binders? And the answer was no. So I was on a coaching session with my coach cause I'm a coach that believes in coaching. So I pay for a coach. So oh, time's I, up. Uh, <laughs> so there we go. We're done. So that story. Wrap it over. up. Give it one or two sentences. Um, I became excited about the outcome of the binders and instead of printing a hundred, I printed 200 and I sold them all in five months. Okay, fantastic. Last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stefania, who was an assistant to both Roland and Todd at our office, uh, said that she wanted to let you know how amazing uh, you are and what an inspiration you were to her. Now that she's started a small community business, I, should, I believe she has a doggy daycare. She does, yeah. Um, a number of things, but it's doing yeah, really well. Yeah, um, and then she wants to know how would you take the systems you teach realtors and apply it to small business owners? Well, Stefania is already doing it. So Stefania came to my Live Your Life, Live Your Best Life seminar, which was just a, a seminar. And I talked about Scarf and I talked about all these things. Um, for a small business and any business, right, what you always want to do is stop, notice, and start over. You don't want to continue doing the same things with the same results. And what you want to do is analyze your business and notice where am I putting my money for the best return? 
where am I putting money that gets me no return? Take that money, put it over there and create new ideas, create, update, or elevate something in your life. Stefania, if you want to become better in business, start doing video, start doing video on Facebook for the community with your dogs, what you're doing and sharing it, create a following. And what will happen is, is, and it's crazy uh, for Stefania, people love watching dog videos. (laughs) Oh yeah. My wife and daughter are addicted and they've actually on a site where they start posting pictures of our dog and they're like, look, we got a thousand likes. Like, so Stefania for your business, uh, start doing video short, one minute and a half, two minute clips of something funny with the dogs, edit it, put some voice in there, talk about your services and hit the community or just promote your community. And, uh, but try something new in your business. Stop, notice and start over is a great business analogy because it's what we do all the time. Every Monday, what's going on in the market? Oh my God, new forms. Oh my God, the market's corrected. Okay. What are we noticing that we want buyers and not sellers? What are we going to do? We're going to go to hold open houses and get them. Let's go get it. So just be aware of your marketplace and take action from your genius. Awesome. Well, that's that's questions. Um, Keith, how are we doing on time? Do you have a few more minutes to uh, hang yeah. around with us? Yep, I'm good. Okay, well, why don't we get into story time? All right. It's story time with Jer. Great story. Compelling and rich. It's not always my story? No, it's not always your story. What if Matt has an awesome story to tell? Well, you can tell it to me or write it down and I will... <laughs> Paraphrase. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so Keith, despite the title, it's not actually story time with Jer. Um, and we thought it would be cool. You've sp- shared so much with us today. Um, I mentioned in your intro that you had a real shift. You changed from being a realtor for, was it 23 years? Mm-hmm. To doing what you're doing now. And I just thought it'd be really awesome if you wanted to share how that happened. Well, the word is transition. So um, so I was going through a really, really tough time. Uh, could have been my midlife crisis. I'm 52 years old, and this happened probably about six, seven years ago. And I was unhappy. Um, I, I didn't feel successful, but I had lots of money, and I had the house and the car and the kids. And it was like, well, why am I not? So that's when I actually stopped, and I defined my own success. But first what happened was, is I went to Vegas, I put on a jacket, went up, received this award that said you made X amount of dollars. And I was like, this is supposed to feel really good. And it wasn't, it was actually empty. And so I spent the next five days in Vegas covering up that empty <laughs> scar. I don't want to talk about that. So then I got back and I said, okay, I need to define my own success. So I went to a mentor, Dan Loney, and Dan gave me this amazing phrase. And I thought, that's it. That makes so much sense. It was really, really good. And I went away and I tried to live to that definition of success. 30 days later, it just wasn't what, working. What was the phrase? Oh, geez, I wish I could remember. But this is a guy that is a multi-multi-millionaire. He runs his own business. He's a, a leader. He's taken leadership programs. He's on the board of directors. He speaks. All this guy does is educate, educate about leadership. So it was a leadership quote. And it was something that would make you more productive as a realtor or something that yeah, would take you away from that. It actually was like a physical goal. Okay. Instead of a, what I call a meta goal, something bigger, you know, something more mental or more, you know, something to strive for. So anyways, I went through two or three, four, for a year, I tried different people's opinions. I went to Hans Wanton House here in New Westminster. I sat down and I analyzed my life. So basically I did a stop, notice, start over. And at that time I described what I needed to do in my life. And, and then I went back to my wife and I said, you know, look, here's what's going on. Meanwhile, you know, so then what happened is, is my wife was taking a leadership course with uh, the company that she works with, and they had gone to Covey Franklin, 
uh, mission statement builder. And I was like, she goes, try this out. It's cool, right? And actually, this goes back a little bit further, not six years. It probably goes back about, I think, uh, Is that Covey as in Stephen Covey? Yep. Okay. So and so hold on. So uh, I love your story. The first, before you became a coach, to become a coach, you were coached by your wife, who you now bring all your coaching stuff to. <laughs> she was brilliant, right? So <laughs> great support, right? I mean, what happened was is uh, our, our life was in turmoil. We almost didn't stay together. And because of that, we started going to counseling. We went to counseling for six years, personal and marital. And then, you know, and then after that, um, I, so we were healing and getting in Do you, do you think place. that was an effect of how unhappy you were? I was unhappy and that was the result of that, a marriage yeah. not going right. Yeah. So chasing the wrong dream, you know, and then not achieving it and then being disappointed and then being uh, self-depriving and shitty self-talk and I'm not good enough. I should have more money. I should be more successful even though I am. And basically putting on uh, thoughts in my head um, that weren't true that I perceived through Scarf um, on me evaluating my own life. I should be more, you know, I had a really high goal. You know, like when I was young, I, I, I mean, it's crazy. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so she says, go to Franklin Covey. I go online, uh, I type it in and it's this like 30 question questionnaire. I answer all the questions. If you go out for dinner, someone, who would you want to go out with? Why, what would you talk about? Who do you respect and why do you respect them? And blah, 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 blah. And then the wheel of death spun on the screen. And I thought, shit, they're going to want to charge me for this. right? <laughs> so I was like, I was about to delete it. I was like, forget this. It's, it took too long. It was like 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden, boom, there it was on the screen, my mission statement, which, which is, is when I am, uh, it said when I am coaching or helping people achieve success, I'm the happiest Hmm. because I'm being integral and supportive and caring. So those based from that whole thing that was, and I went, wow, that's me. Cause I'd been coaching kids sports my whole life and loving it. Cause I always used to say is, you know, uh, I'm going to make a difference in that child's life for that one hour. And then they can go back to the rest of their life, but they're going to have fun there and they're going to feel like they're special and they're going to have a great time. So anyways, so I did that test and then right away as I said, okay, I'll become a coach, but I'll do this over time. So I typed in coaching Vancouver and up popped Erickson International Coaching College. I went to a chat group and said, does anybody know about this? They're like, oh, it's the best. They're so cutting edge. I wish I would have done that, you know. So it was solution-focused coaching. And Eric, uh, sorry, and um, Erickson, uh, the model was after Milton Erickson, which believes that you can't help people by implementing your own vision of the world. You need to inspire and get into their vision of the world and help them within Mm -hmm. that. So then... I went and I took the training, the training I was only going to do, it was a five module series. It was weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. And it was like 1500, two grand a pop. So it was going to be like an investment of like 10 grand. Um, and I was like, okay, so I'll do the first one. So I paid for that. Uh, almost quit the first day cause I thought everyone was a loser <laughs> and then fought through that. Totally had a, a, a shift. Uh, this was what I was supposed to do when uh, I did my first coaching session and changed that person's life. And the mentor coach walked up to me and said, you were meant to do this. And I was like, what, wow. am, I, what am I doing? Right. And I'm like, she goes, you just have it. And I say, like, okay, great. So then I paid for 
second one, paid for the third one, paid for the fourth one, paid for the fifth one, finished it all in four months, became a certified coach. Then I had to get 100 free hours, so I started coaching the staff at the office or any realtor that would take it. All the skeptics showed up, and I was like, I felt really... What, are you, is, what are you saying? No, no, no. I felt <laughs> like, I felt really inferior because it was like, you know, let me coach you. Well, who are you? You have no... You know, well, no. and my memory was you didn't really necessarily want to coach realtors no. at the start, no, right? No, no. I just wanted to coach people because I had gone through my life shift. I found happiness again. I was feeling inspired again and I was doing my work and I I've read over a thousand self-help books. Like I love work and practice. I love practicing the shit that I want to do for my life. Mm -hmm. I love that. So I started that out and then uh, actually Jeremy's sitting right here. So one day in the office, I walk in and it was like nine o'clock in the morning and Jeremy and Michael were sitting at a table and they were dressed for success. And I went into my office and I pounded out like a half hour of calls, which would be a normal realtor's five hours of calls. Like I just hit it because I had to take the kids to school. You're still a realtor at this point? Or yep. you're okay. a realtor. I yep. ran outside, went in the car. I saw these guys. See you guys later. I went down, took Olivia to school, went in, went to the gym, played some guitar, had a shower, came back, followed up my calls, made some more calls, set some appointments, walked out. Those guys were there again. I said, hey, guys, what are you doing here still? Like, oh, we're working. I'm like, okay, we'll see you later. Went out, did some work picked up the kids, dropped them off at home, came back to the office. They were still there. And I said, what are you guys doing? They said, you're working. And I said, bullshit. I said, you're not working. There's no way in the world you spend eight hours here <laughs> working all day. And then Jeremy says, if you're such a great coach, why don't you help us then? Remember that? <laughs> Those are your exact words. No, I don't remember that, but that uh, <laughs> sounds about right. And I said, if you show up here every Monday at 10 a.m. for a full year, I'll guarantee you $100,000 income and success but you have to make that commitment and I'll help you. And they did. And then what happened? And then two were showed up. And then I think after a while it was three or four. We were, the, we were definitely the guinea pigs, but uh, and then it worked. I was number three. You were number you three. Showing up. That, this is the birth of the success meeting. This is the birth of the success meeting. Yeah. And then it was like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then I went out and I went to Office Depot and I bought shitty little binders and I bought calendars and I bought all and I got my tools and I just three hole punched them, stuffed them in there and gave you all your first binder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. That was the first success meeting binder. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, so then I realized, uh, I want to be a full-time coach. Uh, my passion for real estate wasn't there because obviously I found my calling. I found my passion. I found what excited me and instantaneously you guys started improving your business. Uh, you started your lead funnels. All of a sudden we weren't calling clients customers, clients. We we're just calling them clients. Next thing you know, you guys were getting some consistency. We were coaching around your emotional state of mind and scars. That was and the big, that was the, the aha, the epiphany kind of big main click for me. Was it, well, yeah, it was at that point where it was like lots of like, uh, what was her name? The question that we had. Um, the three year, the three year, no, the three year. Oh yeah. You know, three, four years Paula. in, I was at a different brokerage. What the H am I doing? Or I can say hell. What the you hell? You can say it's your podcast, what Jeremy. The? <laughs> you can say oh, whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> um, I don't understand. What am I doing wrong here? What and and sort of yeah, getting getting the this sitting down and, and going over that was was definitely helpful to. And what I love is I'm an in-your-face guy. I'm not a BSer. I like to tell the truth, and I don't want to. I don't avoid it. You know, I've been in meetings with uh, CEOs of companies and. One guy on the left rolled his eyes, and I'm like, "Can we stop the meeting for a second? And I'm like, "Sure." I go, "You called him out." <laughs> Do you always roll your eyes at meetings? And then the place went silent, and four people in the room put their head down. They all looked down. <laughs> they all looked down at their lap, and I said, "Hang on a sec. Do you all let this happen? Like, I'm not going to even talk to him anymore. You just all put your heads down. So you let this happen." I said, 
you're rolling your eyes because there's something wrong. And I said, so that means you're the wise critic. You're important, but I'm not listening to you because you've pissed me off and I'm in hijack. I said, so what I need to know is why are you rolling your eyes? And I need you all to look up and not allow this to happen anymore if you want to achieve success. So I'm an in-your-face kind of guy. And I get gentler as our relationship grows. But in the beginning, I don't allow you to continue on with the habits and the stories mm-hmm. that you had, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? Uh, with Jeremy? No, no, the other guy. No, the other guy. You, you're uh, leaving us in suspense. <laughs> so, so the guy says, uh, he, got, he was in hijack, full red face, vein on his neck, very aggressive physical man. And he wanted to repress me in the room. He wanted to push me down. So he challenged me. And I just said, let's not worry about that right now. Let's just talk about what the topic in the room is, which is you rolled your eyes when that man made a comment. Was that? Oh, that, he didn't roll his eyes at something you said. No, Somebody else He spoke. rolled it at his, at his CEO. And the CEO oh. let it happen. The CEO let that happen, which obviously gave me insight to his leadership abilities. So I knew I needed to coach him and I knew I needed to coach them all. But anyway, so what happened was, was uh, we got into a heated discussion and everyone emptied their dirty laundry on the table. And then I said, let's take a- Everybody just starts sharing. Everyone like started sharing. He always so. does this. He's always like this. It's always a safe happening. place. You know? And well, when you're dealing with a leadership team, right? It's not like they have the same obligation to their employees. They are mean to each other. So, and they're not on the same page. So I said, okay, so let's digest this. Let's take a 15 minute break and we'll come back in here. Uh, the reason I did that is because... I knew that they would stay in the hijack, but if any chance of them coming out of the hijack, it takes 20 minutes for your body to get back to a regulatory blood system. Mm. So they come back in the room. I apologize to the room. Even though I didn't want to apologize, I did it because apologies put people in reward right away. I accept all ownership for this meeting. I'm sorry that I've upset you all. And the guy that rolled his eyes said, no, you needed to do that. Mm. And then I said, so... What I want you to know is I talked about the Disney model, the dreamer, the visionary. You've got the planner and the wise critic. And I said, you're the wise critic, but you're also a dreamer and a planner. And I need you to work on excelling at those parts of your business. And I said to the CEO, I said, you need to now set the rules. And the rules, like there's, uh, you can set rules for meetings. I forget there's one called something rules. Robert's rules. Robert's rules, right? So I said, you need to now set the rules for this meeting. And I said, and I'll help you do it. So I said, what are the rules for the meeting? And he said, they're open, respectful, all ideas are good and nobody rolls their eyes and nobody judges. But what we are going to do is we're going to work through the model. And if we have a wise critic, we're going to come to the solution. That Hmm. was it. You know, change their whole business model. It's not bad to have a wise critic. I love it. Yeah. You need it. What's going wrong with my business? I've been in business for three years. I'm doing all the right things, but I'm not getting the right result. Change your language. Hmm. Right? Because... The truth is you're not doing all the right things because if you were, you would have the results that you want. But because you think you're doing the right things, right, and you're not getting the results, that's where the shift has to happen. So, you know, the shift in my life was, okay, Jeremy, the group started going. I was having a ton of fun. My genius was on fire. Every week we met, I had to do some research and all the books I read. And I I kept coming up with, oh, these guys need to learn this. When we were creating, like... The systems as a group we created in the first two months, I, I use all of that stuff. Oh, it was magical yeah. because cause we made it together because I believe in tapping into the collective genius of the room. I know sometimes at the meetings I talk a lot and I know that I, <laughs> no. and I, and I, know that I might go on a tangent, but it's always because I have a new learning that I want to share. It's never an old learning because remember, I do this every day, five days a week, eight hours a day with my clients. And when I get a learning... 
I want to share it right away with all my clients. So I create a program around it. And what I do is I create the program and then I teach that program. And sometimes it's redundant on previous material, but it's a different way of seeing it so that we can solidify it even more. Keith, um, thank you so much you for being here today. Um, before we wrap up, was there anything we didn't ask you that we should have? Oh, my question. To no, I about? get my question. So you guys got to think about this and go real fast. So in the, in the years that you've been with me, what is something that you learned about yourself that was no good that you decided to change and you changed it and had a great result? And what did you do to practice that change to make it take part in your life? Are you going to stick around for us to do this yep. all together? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, so my, my answer to that is, and I use uh, my physical fitness and health as an analogy to everything I do to help build my business. And for me, it was about building routines. So Keith started, for me, it was helping build a routine where it was anything, if you want to do it and you want to make it a part, a habit in your life is to do it every day for 30 days. And then it becomes a habit. So I started with that where I wanted to change my nutrition. So I added that and I said, I'm adding one thing in, one new thing. Not not four or five or six new things, just one new thing and I'm making it a habit for 30 days. I did it. It became a habit, became a normal part of my life. Then I added another one. This is the, the key plus one. one. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah, then plus one, added another one and another one. And, and two years later, I went from being able to exercise maybe two days a week and fitting it in and sometimes eating right to now I exercise five or six days a week. I do all of my nutrition right every single day and it never, ever feels like a chore. Yeah, that's mm. the big thing, right? Because Matt, teach me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and then the thing is, is, you know, Matt's bigger vision or purpose of what he wanted, what drove him there, right? Uh, so what did you learn about yourself that you had to change to do that? I guess what I learned to change is committing to a small change. Fully committing to a small change will bring, bring big results. So you actually changed probably a thought that big chains need to happen, right? Big things need to happen. Yeah, I guess the, probably what was, was there was that I thought, yeah, big changes needed to happen to get big results. And big changes are hard. They're intimidating. They're easy to avoid. Small changes are a lot easier to bring in. So yeah, I learned, <laughs> I learned that bringing in a small change and making it a real habit can have a lot bigger results than sort of struggling with a really, really, really big goal. Perfect. Yeah. For, yeah, for, for me, I would say obviously implementing scarf, um, the LCCs, leads customers, clients were, you know, huge in, in my business, but I think even more profoundly. So before that, um, because it, I had been going, I mean, I've been doing this now for about 10 years. Um, and in that sort of time before I met you and then up until coaching, um, the huge limiting belief that I had was I was at that point. I mean, it's been so entrenched that maybe this, maybe it's time. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't going to happen. Um, I'm not cut out for it or maybe I'm not good enough for this. Um, just, I'll just be a worker person and, and whatever, and just earn my sort of minimum wage or whatever that this isn't happening. Um, but getting around that and, and I guess the encouragement and, and from someone that, you know, I respected like yourself to tell me that, um, you will be at this point. Uh, I think you told me something. I'm not sure it was, but you will be. You were totally could do this, and this is exactly like just keep working on these things. Um, you need to get over that. I think you you kind of gave me shit. Be like, 
you well, know, well, you're an emotional we, guy too. Yeah. And I think, and I saw the sincerity in, in you and in your voice um, that you're like, are you serious? That's how you feel about yourself because you you couldn't be further, you know, from the, the truth. truth. So yeah. um, that was for me was huge. And then obviously implementing all those other things. Was good. So for you then, what I'm hearing is, is the change was how you saw yourself. <laughs> Is that fair to Sorry, say? Sorry, that's a coaster hitting yeah. uh, Ooh, podcast. <laughs> fail. That, that could have been a uh, that could have been he's trying to slip away from this question. <laughs> yeah. So what I hear is is your uh, vision of yourself changed through me helping you see yourself through my eyes. Yes, I would say so. And what did you practice going forward to create that in yourself so that you could actually start to see the truth instead of the lies and the bullshit? Uh. Well, I think, I mean, it, I'm, and again, something, and you know this about me, put it, getting put on the spot, not, I'm not, not, not I don't, no, I, I like to analyze, I like to overthink these Good. things, um, Just, but it, it started to, it, it was, oh, success meaning thing, um, noticing the success that you've had, use those as milestones moving forward, I would mm-hmm. say would be so huge celebrating to just successes. celebrating, Perfect. huge key thing, um, like you look back three months, whatever your past quarter, whatever you want to do, but let's acknowledge and not just professionally, but personally, what has been good this past week and then acknowledging those things and being happy for yourself, being proud of those. And then let's plus one them. Let's move forward. If you're starting out in real estate and you want to have a successful career and you want to change the vision of yourself, start celebrating your small successes so you can see the truth and not the lies. And you will then build to a successful career like Jeremy now, who is not only reaching his goals, but going past them. Hmm. So, for me, the reason I started coming to the success meeting is the timing was quite interesting because I, you know, I was friends with Mike and Jer, and they were telling me how excited they were that they were going to it. At that same time, um, I had maxed out my credit card. Uh, I had zero savings left, and the office there was an accounting error, and I owed eight grand on top of my already huge debt. And I sat down with my wife, Rach, and we looked at our financing, and I had the same moment uh, as Jer. Uh, if it was Scarf, it would be certainty. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe real estate isn't right for me. <clears throat> and we looked at Rachel's savings, and we figured I could possibly do this for three more months before we'd lose our home. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of thought, well, if I'm going to do it for three more months... Uh, I'm just gonna show up to this Keith meeting that these guys have been talking to and I'm just gonna do everything. I'm just, whatever he says I'm gonna do, I'm not gonna expect any of it to work, but what do I have to lose? I'm out of business in three months anyway. Um, and for me, the biggest shift was mindset because before I started coming to the success meeting, I used to look at my finances as how many months I have left before I go out of business and I started changing to instead of thinking about the threat of when am I going to go out of business to what can I accomplish here? And like you said about being curious, I was already going out of business. So I just got kind of curious about, well, can I pay off my debt? And I mean, I paid off as soon as I started doing the success meetings. And the the one thing that really changed was Monday morning. So one thing, I don't think we, did we talk about Mondays? No, we didn't it, hit that. So one thing Keith really teaches is Monday is the day that sets the tone for the rest of your week. And what that looks like in real estate is that's the day you get on the phone with all your leads, customers, and clients. And for me, what that looks like is my only goal on Mondays is to book appointments. And that one little shift 
changed it. I mean, I think I paid off all my debt. Like I was credit card free, office bill free, and I'd paid uh and we had savings in like three months. Yep. But like it 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 was fast. Well, that's, Real that's estate changed. is like the quickest turnaround almost. But hang yeah. on a second. Yeah. But you see yeah. that's that's how fast you can have success in real estate when you do the right things. Yeah. Remember, I met Jeremy and Michael working an eight-hour day, right? And yeah. now, isn't it fair to say you're more focused, you work less, and you make yeah, more Yeah, they money. were putting in the work. It just wasn't the it's, right. It wasn't the right work. And, and me too. Me too, right? And that like, was the uh, question. Well, I might have not been putting in eight hours. But, but that, <laughs> you feel that, like you're – it's a trap, though. You feel like you're putting in eight hours because you're – You're at, at the your office. Ass, uh, ass well, it's a justification office, for the yeah. brain. The brain, you're like, look, I've been here for eight well, hours. Well, in every other job you have, like before you're self-employed – you show up nine to five and you're there and how, how you're getting paid for attendance. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Exactly. So for me, you know, it's, this has been a really great experience. Thank you very much for inviting me here. I mean, uh, I have a low self-esteem as it is. So to hear all this good shit is great. So <laughs> I'm celebrating a little bit right now, Jeremy. So that's helping me build my confidence up. Uh, it's really a proud moment to see you guys here doing this. Cause I know this is something you've always wanted to do and you're in episode nine or whatever now. Yeah, you got it. Um, and I know that you are impacting your clients lives in a positive way, which means my original goal was to help people to do that. So the ripple effect is in effect here. And if anybody out there is looking to hire a realtor, these are the guys. And if you're in real estate and you want help, you know, uh, just check out my stuff. It's all the stuff we're talking about here. Uh, and it's not free, Matt, unfortunately. Um, Unless you join the office. It's really, really inexpensive. For the Realtor Profit System, if you go online right now, it's $179, five hours of training videos, an app that's a CRM that you don't have to spend money on right away. And it's these systems that tripled these guys' business and changed their lives. So you know what? It's out there. If you invest $179 in your career right now, it's the best $179 you are going to get. Keith, I Keith where do they find that? They go to... Um, realtorprofitsystem.com. Okay. That's great. And is, cool. is there an email or something if people have questions for you? Sure. Yeah. You can hit me at, uh, um, Keith at myaimcoaching.com. So Keith, K E I T H at myaimcoaching.com. We'll have links and everything. Sure. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. O- always welcome back. Yeah. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, guys. Uh, I think that's it. We're done. Yeah, man. We're done. Good stuff. Perfect. Cool. Thanks, Thanks coach. Okay, so I've been tracking all episode how many times uh, Keith referenced his super sweet hot topics. Hijack, genius, and plus one. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Hijack Genius plus one. My guess would be that Hijack got brought up the most. Hijack got the most votes? Because it had a section of talking. Is that like your, we're talking you about agree? Hijack. Yeah, I would probably I would probably say Hijack. Oh Genius got hit quite a what were the sorry, what are the three? Hijack, Genius, and Plus One. Um I think genius. plus one got brought up the lead i actually if we had more time i would have liked if we talked about plus him, one more him mentioning it or all of us mentioning it oh excellent clarification keith mentions genius final answer genius final answer you're both right equal is it a tie, <laughs> <It's> a tie. <laughs> yeah
Because, I mean, Keith's absolute sort of number one is genius. He always wants to encourage that everyone has their own genius. Yeah, his brand is yeah. A, yeah. tap into your genius. Not and, not a, yeah. necessarily a right an- or wrong answer. It's the answer that you come up with you, because you, already you it, know yeah. you. Right. One, yeah. one of my other coaches I have essentially was the same concept. You have another coach? Well, I had. Before, oh, before I, I was a realtor in one of my other jobs. A soccer coach. He wrote a book and it's called It's Already Inside. Dirty. Which is... <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. That is too funny. No. <laughs> All right. So tap into your genius. There's a prequel to that. Let's, let's go back. Okay. Hijack and genius got equals. Sorry. Okay. Hang on. You guys. Jeff's got to get this. Uh... Oh, he's got the giggles now. All right. So Everybody uh... loves people who laugh at their own jokes. <laughs> He didn't. The coach made the joke though. Originally. I thought I thought I was going to be like clickety clickety clicking over and over like genius, 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 genius. But we we covered a lot of stuff that it turned out being kind of it was balanced equals. Yeah, hijack v genius. It was actually a really good refresher for me. Like there were definitely things that came up that was like, oh, I used to do that. I should be doing that again. <laughs> there were a hundred percent things that I'm going to walk away with and be like, oh, like well, Monday is an example. I I'm not nearly as strict about Monday. Yeah. As I was. You're supposed to be there on Mondays. Oh, are you taking a shot at me? No. <laughs> cool. Well, I think I think uh, hijack is the one that I always latched on to because I understood when people around me were hijacking mm-hmm. and it improved communication. That's, made, made life a lot less stressful. And some is still like, I mean, we're pretty good at sort of recognizing these things. And like, it's good for people to know, too. It's not like a sales technique. or it, it, In some ways it is, but it's just a, a life technique of... People go through this on a daily basis. You go through it with your wife. You might go through it with your boss. Yeah. Uh, my wife's used it Basically, at work situations anytime before. Anytime you're having a difficult conflict, conversation. anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you um, can let it snowball and you guys can both compound the problem. Yeah. yeah. My favorite thing about the hijack thing and um, the psychological aspect of it, that if you do recognize that, hey, someone's feeling threatened right now, or they're, I should use Keith words, they are in threat, not reward. <laughs> okay. Um. Is you can diffuse it. Oh, I thought you were going to say like twist the knife. <laughs> twist the knife. You can, if you really want to be an a hole. <laughs> but no, it's just fun to see you can actually literally diffuse it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if someone's statusing, you can. You got a guy or coworker or something that your boss. You Does can, Keith know we use scarf as a verb, like to scarf? Someone. Scarfing. Scarf. Like, oh, oh, I totally scarfed you. I wish we had asked. I don't know if he does. Let's ask. Let's ask him when we post it. In the in the, the yeah. thread because that's become media. a part of my Scarfing. everyday language. Are you just trying to scarf me, bro? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's get this out and get it published. All right.